0: Hi, everyone. I'd like to start by asking you a few questions. So kind of the point from uh, the previous presentation, know your audience. How many of you have shopped online already by show of hands? I suppose most of you. What about shopping for clothes or shoes? Okay. And what about Zalando? Have you ever heard of it before? Have you ever used it? Okay, so lots of internationals because we don't ship to Portugal yet. Um, So, just to give you some quick facts and figures about the company to better understand what I'm going to talk next. Uh, We're the leading online fashion company in Europe, Uh, and this is supported by numbers, we have 19 million active customers that uh, visit us monthly, 160 million visits, and last year we made three billions in revenue. And we've got to this stage actually quite quickly, in a 8 years time frame, we've been growing always consistently over 20% uh, every year or more. And the story I want to tell you today and uh, the insights I want to share with you are about how product management as a discipline, as a role, has evolved in the company, uh, tracking the evolutions of the, of the company uh, itself. And to talk about this, I'll anchor uh, some of the things I'll share on this framework that I really like from Simon Wardley about pioneers, settlers and town planners. This describes the kind of thinking and the kind of activities uh, that companies go through as they go from a more chaotic status in the startup status towards a more linear and uh, process optimized uh, state. So It all started with an hypothesis uh, that German uh, customers would like to shop shoes online. And it was tested with an MVP, a simple page offering to sell you flip-flops, just need to order them, and some search engine optimization, search engine marketing. And it actually kind of picked off at some point. So people were actually buying this, and we actually had to get more stuff to uh, more stock to ship. I started adding models and so on. So this is obviously the entrepreneurship phase, the pioneering phase, where you don't know exactly where you're headed. You're getting into uncharted territory. You have to figure out what this market is about, and you're going to fail, and you're going to learn, and you're going to pivot. So it's kind of all these things from that are synthesized in the Lean Startup and many other uh, books and theories. So it's really important here to have a focus on dealing with that uncertainty. And we still had it for quite, a, quite some, some time, like figuring out what's the next category that we should go into. So eventually, we, got, we went into uh, different kinds of shoe categories, and clothing, and accessoires, and then we tried uh, home uh, category, and we rolled that back. Uh, so always learning and iterating a lot at this stage. Then we came to a stage where you kind of build what keeps the business growing, so you want to sustain this growth and we had a pretty good idea that the way to do that was to tap into other markets in Europe that were where you also didn 't have a way to shop online uh, for fashion. so we went ahead and did that uh, with some success and we continued to, to explore that and this is the phase of the settlers so Settlers kind of know what they're getting into. Somebody is already there, has already figured out the lay of the land. But things are messy, and you have to adapt and try things, and there are little unknowns that you have to deal with all the time. So here it's a lot of this anthropology techniques and this product discovery techniques to figure out what your users actually need or want, also listening to them to fine-tune your uh, product offering, so you're dealing with growth, and you're dealing with differentiation. And we had a lot of that as we approached all of these markets. Because, funnily enough, people in Europe have their very special quirks. And for instance, to share some of this with you, um, Italians love to pay with cash on delivery. So if you, don't have a, if you do not offer this, if you only offer them credit cards, you're not going to succeed. And it's a pain because it has operational costs and carriers hate this, but it's the only way to do online uh, shopping there. Uh, And um, French people love sales season, both in real life and online. Uh, And in Germany, there is this thing that was really strange to me when I got there, that if you're not at home when the delivery guy comes, he leaves the parcel with your neighbor. And this is accepted, normal, and the cultural right thing to do, and I was like, with my neighbour? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but actually, it's, it works quite well, because you don't have to go to this post office somewhere in the other point of town that closes at 4pm, you just ring your neighbour at 7, because he's not going to answer at 8, because it's German. Anyway, um, then we come to another phase, where we have also started to insource a lot of our products, uh, our software products uh, that we use to run our operations, our business functions. So key examples of these are logistics, where we started building our own stuff, uh, and um, advertising solutions. Um, there are many like, of these things that are in the background that the customer doesn't see, but that are highly important, and they also affect the customer experience, so we want to have control over them. And this led to a point where we had all these little levers that we could tweak and push and turn to push profitability. So we're at the stage of where the growth continues to go on, but we also need to start getting the, to profitability. So there starts to be this trend in the company towards optimizing processes, ensuring sustainability, <coughs> profitability, all these buzzwords start to gain a lot of uh, importance. And While product management was kind of undefined and uh, not there at the pioneer stage, it was the founders and then the business execs close to technology, and at the settlers stage, it was something like what we would define as product management, I guess. Here, um, and it's not the same for all products, depends on their maturity and depends if they're more customer-facing or not, But there's a lot of these stakeholder-driven decisions, and product is kind of the cogwheel in the middle between business and technology, so kind of more of a technical product management uh, stage. So how do we go from here, what comes next? This is, or before that, actually, this maps to the town planners uh, in the metaphor of Simon Wardley. So it's about dealing with this high volume and optimizing for operational efficiency, so hence sustainability, profits, uh, cost-cutting, all these things. Uh, And at the same time as we have grown as a company until we reach this stage, we also have grown in the tech sector, both in headcount and in the complexity of our software. And as you probably know, once you start adding more and more and more features, it gets all more simple. No, it doesn't. Um, It gets harder to change. It's more complex, you start hearing about refactoring a lot. Um, so how would we deal with this dual problem, right? Where, and where does product go next on one hand, and how do we improve our ability to react and go back to those uh, elements and activities of the settler stage, of the pioneering stage of more user research? So we decided to have a huge transformation in 2015 in the way we do business in technology at Zalando. Every book you might read on uh, an organizational transformation, the first thing that is probably written there is, don't do it. It's hard, it's painful, so you need to really understand why you're doing it, and what are you going uh, to do about it, why are you doing this, what, where, what's your purpose on doing this. And we didn't invent most of the things we we did, we just synthesized a lot of ideas around motivation, Uh, mainly from the book Drive from Daniel Pink, that tells you that the key pillars to motivation are autonomy, mastery, and purpose. i will not dwell too much on it, but the key thing that we want to achieve uh, is to have autonomous teams, delivery teams, engineering teams, that deliver great, products, really great products, efficiently and at this massive scale uh, that we are at. And one key thing that that we did to go towards this objective was to tell engineering teams, hey guys, how you organize, how you do your stuff, if you're doing Scrum or Kanban or neither, uh, and which ticket goes live this week, that's not our business anymore. We give you the purpose and you figure out how you deliver. So, this is really, um, in one hand, you have to let go a bit of control if you're used to it. But on the other hand, this is really liberating because it puts us in a position where we can spend much more time in product planning, in user research, in all these things. So, our main mission in product at Talando at the moment is to figure out what to build next figure out why we're building it, map it to the company's overall goals, and regularly align this and get buy-in from stakeholders, so that we are in the driver's seat, that we are pushing forward what we are building, and that we get their buy-in instead of this stakeholder-driven way. And it's a lot of fun to do it this way. There are some pain points, of course, as I was saying, letting go of control and trusting is a challenge. And I would be happy to discuss more with you if you want in the coffee break or uh, at our booth uh, that we have out there. And I can also then tell you a bit about why the hell did we send a shoe to space if you are interested in that. Thank you.